Well, hello, welcome again to one more episode of my podcast, The Day After COVID in Education. And today we have in here a, a, a very special person for me. She is my friend and she also, uh, she plays different hats in this um, family engagement uh, topic that we've been talking about lately. So she uh, is a parent, but she also uh, is a teacher and is a teacher lead. lead. So uh, is, please, uh, this is Miss Duncan. And hi, Miss Duncan. Hello. And she is going to be answering some questions today. I'm so glad that you say yes to me. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Of course, I'm happy to. Oh, so I'm excited about what she has to say since she has a perspective from both sizes. She can, she know uh, how this function, you know, from the teacher perspective, but she also is a parent. So I'm interested to see what she had to share for us today. So are you ready, Miss Duncan? I'm ready. Okay, so the first question that I have for you is, what does family engagement mean for you? I think family engagement means to me as a parent, um, being able to have my family fully involved in their educational experiences, um, meaning that um, I am able as a parent to have a relationship with my children's teachers um, and feel comfortable talking to them about any concerns I have, but um, because I think that that in turn makes my child more engaged and is, makes me able to feel a little bit more a part of the classroom. As a teacher, um, I think that for me, family engagement means um, being inclusive of all the members of my classroom and um, making sure that I recognize the different family types that are in our classroom settings and what that might mean to me instructionally, um, as well as um, just um, as a community inside the classroom. Yeah, that, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I love the way that you are able to like, see both sizes, you know, and I, I feel like it might help, right? Like the fact that yeah. you're a teacher help you to understand from the, the it parent. It has aspect. for sure. It takes me, it's taken me some years to get used to um, kind of flipping between those hats, but I've be, been able to recognize as my own three children have um, gone through elementary school, which is what I teach. And then um, even in my oldest child is a middle schooler at the end of middle school, so getting ready for high school, but um, kind of being able to, I've been able to feel both perspectives. Um, I think I felt a more grasp on it in elementary naturally because I teach elementary school and probably had um, more connections in that community with family engagement, um, but I've had to place myself on the other side of the fence when it came to like a school that I wasn't as used to, but still trying to make sure my own child is plugged in and I am able to engage and find what that school has available to my child, but also our family. That's good. And and before I keep moving forward, let me back off a little bit. And I, I'm so sorry, I didn't ask to in, you for you to introduce yourself. Oh, so great. tell us something about you before we keep going into this interview. <laughs> okay. Um, I am 42 years old. Um, I have you don't look three like children. It. <laughs> 
have three children, um, two boys and a girl. My oldest is 13 and my middle oldest son is 13. My middle son is 10. I have a daughter who is um, eight. Um, I have taught, been a teacher for 17 years. Um, I've taught at both um, Title I, lower income schools, and as well as the school that I'm currently at, which has a population that is both. Um, and I think one thing I think that I'm learning about myself maybe for that's kind of interesting to me as a parent teacher is and kind of connects to family engagement is I've had to really balance that relationship of family and teacher. Um, I've had to kind of learn to put my family first at times when I used to put my classroom first. And um, I think that that is something I've really learned about that kind of connects to this topic as far as um, engaging families and what you, because if I'm not present with my own family, then how can I, you know, expect families to be present with me when, yeah. I, when I'm a teacher as far as family engagement goes. So there's a little bit about me. Awesome. Thank you. And, and that's a very good point right there that you made, like how important is to find that balance that a lot of us, and I include myself and, and, you know, in this example, we're struggling doing that, especially like my, my podcast say, you know, the day after COVID in education, things change. Things are not different, are not same than where they used to be. So, yes. And even on the family perspective. Yes, change. exactly. So, what do you, I'm sorry. Uh, so, what do you think is one of the main differences that you have that would you would say, you know, between before COVID and during COVID? Well, I think it's really changed family engagement from both a parent perspective and a teacher perspective. But as a parent, um, your access to the school is very limited. Um, where used to, we were able to um, attend like a family night or a literacy night or an open house even. And I think from school to school that has changed. Some schools are allowing some of those things and some are not. So I think that that um, may or may not keep some families from being at the school that want to or need to be there. Um, that's changed for sure. I mean, it's just, and then as a teacher, the same. I mean, from the, the school that I teach at had very active parent involvement and there are parents still very willing to do things, but you don't see as many parents as you used to see in the school building doing things. You have to kind of go an extra step to involve them to, you know, ask them, they have to be willing to, you know, drop things off instead of handing them to you or, or they can't, you know, come into your classroom and participate as much as they used to because of the new protocols of all of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you seen any specific um, family um, background? I, I don't know how to, how can I say this? Like a specific um, families, like ethnicity of families, they're being more affected? Uh, big due to all these changes? Uh, definitely. I mean, I do. I think that. Um, I guess let, let me reward my question. What yeah. uh, what families do you think struggle the most right now yeah. to uh, stay engaged or like? I mean, I think I think lower income families, I think um, families and not just 
income, but like families that have two partners working and depending on what the field is that they work in, you know, because of the pandemic, especially when everything was mostly virtual, sacrifices had to be made as far as where their kids were going to be while they were doing virtual school. Some of them just sent them to daycare to go and they had less um, opportunities to kind of oversee what they were doing, where you might have on the other end of the spectrum, uh, if you have a parent that's able to stay home and be really involved in what was going on with their parent. And then, you know, I work, my husband works. I was trying to teach my class online while trying to keep my other two, three children, the less independent of the three involved in their school. And I think that's definitely changed. And I think it is definitely um, not just not just socioeconomical, but um, just kind of flipped to include families that, not that we forget about, but I mean, you know, most families, a lot of families have two working parents, yeah. uh, but um, we forget what a privilege it is if you only have to have one working parent and that you have one, you know, if you have one person that's out of the home working, another that's working in the home as a stay-at-home parent, um, that you really could see the, you know, the children that had the benefit of that possibly during the pandemic. I think that's really changed a lot of a lot of things. I can imagine. Well, uh, the extra challenge that yeah. you know it is right now to keep that engagement going. So let me go back. Look, go to my next quest question. Okay. Uh, how do schools and communities promote family engagement? How do you think they do it's it? It's promoted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think mostly, um, if I'm speaking as a parent, the communication that. I used to see the most was in a student planner or something where the student wrote down, Oh, this is happening tonight. Come to school and see, or a flyer that was sent home in the folder. I think um, with things moving since the pandemic to more digital things, there's things like apps that teachers are using to send home information as reminders. And I think that's, I think the apps are how they're most promoted right now, given the circumstances with, um, the pandemic I think that people most people have some form of access to something like that because they um at least at the school that I teach at they they give a device to each child needs a Chromebook so if the parent wants to get on to their um classroom app and see or google classroom and see something that's coming up and then they can see if um there's an event or something that they can attend so I think that's how it's promoted most now awesome. used to use a yeah. little bit more so i think at least we have something good out of the pandemic right like everybody yeah. has a phone yeah. so i think it makes it easier yeah. definitely i can keep track of my own children's reminders a little bit easier whereas before i might have one parent or one teacher i'm sorry that used an app or an electronic type of communication and then another that only used things in their folder and kind of keeping track of what everyone had was more difficult it's a little yeah. bit easier now yeah uh, yeah, I can see that. Okay, so what activities support family engagement? Um, the activities, I think, in my personal opinion, that support family engagement the most are ones where you can connect what you're doing in the classroom to something real life for the family. Even for me as a teacher, I mean, very rarely am I going home and, you know, getting out 
some kind of workbook page with my child if I want to work something <laughs> with them. But, um, a family night I did attend years ago was based on like games for math and it used regular board games as well as cards and dice and things. Mm -hmm. But um, I got to see kind of how you could just use something that easy to, to do a math activity with your child. And it felt um, less intimidating. I mean, mm -hmm. as a teacher, I know those things, but mm -hmm. I think I'm tired at the end of the day of teaching and <laughs> I don't feel like teaching my own kids. And yeah. but that I think the things that make um, family nights successful are the things that can bring them together like and they can feel like okay this is something I'm capable of doing yeah. I can implement this in my family and it can influence my child's school mm -hmm. as well as you know I mean it's a win-win if you get to spend time together as a family you don't normally and you also get to you know help your kid learn math facts yeah. or something like that I love that that answer because I guess you I mean I, I think that you are completely right. Like, what the best way to engage families than show them then how to help their kids to learn while playing? So, right. yeah, so I totally... It makes it so much easier for them because yeah. lots of parents are like, this isn't how we did it yeah. back when we were. But you don't have to practice those specific strategies, mm -hmm. but just in a fun way, you yeah. can learn Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so what about the those families that are no engaged like uh, we know that the families that are going to come to family nights are the ones that are engaged already so what we do to bring all those yeah. other families here i mean and i think realistically to to bring in people that aren't normally there you have to make it appealing to them in a way yeah um, provide dinner if you can or some other kind of prize. I, I mean, the, um, from the teacher perspective, and this was not from my team, but there was another team in our building that offered um, uh, like five extra points on their test on mm -hmm. Friday. If they came to the family night, you know, signed in. And that was motivating to the student and also the parent because they they want to see their child succeed. And if all it took was them, you know, coming for an hour and something, they got to eat dinner, they got to experience something. I think that's your best attempt at bringing in the people who aren't normally going to come is offering something extra. I know that's difficult in um, a lot of schools. Um, some schools it's easier than others, but um, I think that's where you also can involve like your community a little bit more and reach out to some other organizations that can maybe help you with those things yeah that's great because uh, i think the whole picture of what you were explaining is perfect like you try to engage those families by uh providing maybe a small dinner you know which maybe most of these families that are no engaged is because they like you say working parents they're probably right. so tired they're probably the last thing they want to do is go to school to right. You know, and like, if you can check off yeah. something they need, I mean, yeah. they need a dinner for their family. Exactly. Something they need, okay, we can go yeah. and we can do that and you'll get to eat and, and then we'll also get, and then it kind of helps both, helps the school and the family. That makes sense. And I love the way that you say that uh, also that this is a great opportunity to involve the community. So you basically, right there, you involve everybody, eh? all the stakeholders, and I love it. That's a great idea, Ms. Duncan. Thank you so much. Uh, I think that's that's really good idea. 
Um, okay, let's move on because I know that uh, I'm trying to keep it short, but you know. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Uh, what makes a school welcoming? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on it, my honest opinion, yeah. what makes the school welcoming is the staff. I, okay. I think what makes it welcoming is the staff. If you have family nights or you want to get families involved, they have to be able to connect to your staff. Um, they have to know that you're, that you're teachers, custodians, cafeteria workers are all, we're all working to, when we all feel like we're working towards the same goal, I think it feels more welcoming to people. If we all, I mean, that's what every parent wants. You want what's best for your kids, but, and that's what you want your kid's teacher to want as well. And you know that they do, but they have 30 kids to think about and not just yours, but I think that when we can, it feels the most welcoming when they feel like we're approachable and we can, and that's how I felt as a parent as well. Um, you know, going into a school where I'm not on staff, if I feel like, you know, I can, I feel comfortable asking someone something, you know, or um, they smile. I mean, it's as easy as a smile or something like that, but just, I think it's really the people in the building. It's the people that make the building feel that way. Yes, that, that, that's great. Yeah. And that, that made me think about something like actually um, my previous podcast was about a research that I found about mm -hmm. how uh, principles are so important in developing this um, yes. family engagement uh, culture among the school. So what is your yes. opinion about that? That's a good question. And it kind of <laughs> reminds me of two different principles that I worked for. And mm -hmm. one was very bought into the families, mm -hmm. but not her staff as much. And I felt like the family things weren't as successful. Maybe, maybe this is my opinion, but because if your staff's not going to show up to like your family night or your school carnival or your whatever event it is, then I don't think it's successful either. You know, then you're not, you're not accomplishing what you want. And then the, the other principle that comes to mind was the complete opposite. I mean, would do anything to get the staff involved, which in turn got the families involved. Cause if, if, if your students say, are you going to be there Miss Duncan on Friday at the, and yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. They're going to, you know, persuade their parents to bring them as well. And I think that that's a really good point. I mean, it starts from the top and goes down. I mean, that's an old saying, but it's true. I, I mean, it really is. If that's the mindset you have, and it's not that the other principal I worked for had a bad idea mm -hmm. at all, that she, she personally was just focusing more on the family, but not how to involve her staff with the family or how to make them feel included. And I felt like it was the same three people every time we had an event that would attend and it wasn't really bought into by everyone. Okay. So yeah, I agree with that research. Really, that's true. it was very it, well. Yeah, it was very interesting. You know, it was yeah. like it, it makes a lot of sense because the principal had to set that environment, that culture, mm -hmm. and you know, and I think what you said, you know, it, it described perfectly what I read on that uh, research. Um, okay, so I have one more question. Well, okay. I had two more questions, and then I will okay. let you go. Okay. 
if you could do one thing to support families, what would it be? Hmm. As a parent? Or as I'll a let you both. choose, as a parent or as a teacher. Maybe both. Maybe I'll say both. Um, as a parent, if I could do something to support other families and be engaged, like in the school system, would be if I was able to um, help in the way of transportation and things like that. I mean, the example yeah. that comes to my mind is my one of my, my oldest son, there was a boy on his basketball team but who was being raised by grandparents, but they weren't able to get him to everything he needed to go to the school. And um, we, more than one parent offered, you know, to be able to take him, but that was something that I wish I could do more often. If I'm able, I would like to be able to help someone else do it. That's awesome. Um, as a teacher, kind of the same thing except I would just like to have more resources of things I could provide for the families I need because we all know it differs per family mm -hmm. every family including my own has been in a need of something especially during this time of COVID and after and but my needs are definitely different than someone else's and I think if I could have the resources to perfectly fit those puzzle pieces in my classroom that's what I'd like to do. Yeah, that's, that's good. Okay, thank you. And the very last question, and this is a little okay. out of the family engagement subject, but I think mm -hmm. it's something that we all go, we all are facing right now, and I, I think all our listeners out there would like to hear what you have to say about it. Um, if you have to say just one thing to all the teachers out there that I that are ready to like say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go somewhere else. I want to go to McDonald's to work or whatever. What would you say to them to motivate them to stay in the teaching profession? Yeah, um, probably a couple things. Okay. I think for one thing that I remind myself is that patience is a virtue. I think that it's hard to be patient, but in no career path or job is everything um, easy all the time. Everything, just like any um, job, any relationship in your family, things are often like hills and valleys. And um, don't make your decision to leave or not do it anymore based on a feeling during this time, because we are still in a time when quote, not normal. Of course, the normal is going to be completely different. It's not going to look like it did before. But I think whenever you want to make a decision like that, you need to make it um, not when your emotions of dislike are so high. Yeah. So like, wait, wait it out and give yourself an opportunity to see, does something change? Because I have known people that have um, left teaching and then regretted it and kind of wanted to come back later um, for other reasons and other jobs as well. But I, that my advice would be, I know that's easier said than done, but to be, give yourself some patience, um, give give, give yourself a little bit of time before you decide something like that. Um, you know, just, I was just teaching in my classroom the other day about how 
no one feels the same every day. No one's happy every day. No one's sad every day. No one's mad every day, but we also still have all those feelings. And it's kind of this applies to this in that sense, like how you feel right now might really not be how you feel in May or even in March or the beginning of next year. Um, That's the thing that makes teaching so unique and kind of fun is it's a different, um, box to open every year right you get a different group of kiddos and you get to try you know things are different each time so I think my main thing would be try to be patient I think that's a great point because and I love the way that you say like uh don't make a decision when you under those emotions because as a human beings we tend to do that kind of things we take that drastic decisions and And like yeah. you say, and like the saying say, it's not always greener on the other side of the fence. Yes. So yes. I think that's a great advice. And, you know, I I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for of allowing course. me to interview you. Uh, Thank it, you. It was great. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank and you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>